It's thick. Take us. <laughs> yeah, take us where you're at, Jesus. I like that. Take us where you're at. Oh, man. Let's be there. Come on, worship. Just worship was, in, oh, because he loves our worship. Just being the attitude of worship doesn't mean you have to be singing a song, but that attitude of worship. I feel a lot of my message today is a lot of declarations up into 2019 and stuff. And even during worship, I just felt again there's, gonna, there's a grace to, to enter into that place. There's times to do things together, and that's huge. But there's also times where you seek the Lord face to face by yourself, where only you and Him. And I felt like the Lord said, There's some people you sometimes feel awkward. Well, go find a room and lock the door. Like, seriously, close the windows and lock the door so that you can be free. I feel like there's a freedom coming over people as they choose to seek the face of Jesus. And there's a good, like, you guys. You can get as many messages. You can listen to every podcast. You can get around every man and woman of God you, you can ever find. But there's something happens in the secret place. Something happens when you say, I need more of you. When you look into his face. When you say, I just want to abide with you. I'm not trying to get nothing today. I just want to be with you. I just want to know you, Jesus. You said I'm supposed to look like you. Let me Teach me to look like you, Jesus. I want to look like you. We need to look like him. And the only place that really happens is in the secret place. And you'll find out when you're with him in the secret place, all your fears, they drop. All of a sudden, you start seeing yourself different. You start seeing yourself as powerful. You start seeing that heaven's behind you, before you, surrounds you, that the angels of heaven are excited to move with you, that Jesus is saying, will you give me a chance to manifest today? Would you give me a chance to show the world that heaven's real? Would you give me a chance today to demonstrate my power, to demonstrate my love, to demonstrate my kingdom? Oh, he is excited. He wants to burn through his vessels. Oh, I just want you to, right now, let's, um, he's already here. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is already here, but I just want to say again, I welcome you once again, because when we are aware of him, that's all it takes is turning and saying, looking and saying, I'm aware of you, Holy Ghost. I'm aware of you today, Jesus. I'm aware to have you here today, Jesus. I'm aware. I want you to come with me. I want you to speak to me. I want you to be in my thoughts. I want to be everything with you, Jesus. I want to see through your eyes, Jesus. Oh, come on. There's something happening. I believe it. There's something. I talk to people. There's an something. And there's people in this room. You've been going, what kind of season I'm in? Because it's different. It's strange. But it's his wooing. It's his hunger. It's his hunger to be with you. And he's not making it easy. He's not going to let you just sit and be normal. He's not just going to let you sit and just be there. He's not going to let you just be satisfied watching another television show. He's saying, come and abide with me. Come and abide in my presence. Because I want to infuse you with my love. I want you to show you my love. I want to give you such an identity that you no longer worry about anything. You know, oh man. There is a realm of favor coming over you when you step into that stuff. There's a realm, and I love what Bill Johnson says. He says, never, ever, ever apologize for the favor of God. When he puts favor on you, don't apologize because it's about to happen. You guys, do another realm. When you look into him. When you become like him, oh, you guys, this was not part of a message. That's good. Because, guys, you know what we need? We just need him. We need to encounter him. An encounter will change you. And you know what I want to declare today? Encounters are real. Encountering God is real. When he speaks to you, you know what? There's strategies. You know what you need to do? When you need to spend time with Jesus and tell your friends about things that are happening, all of a sudden they're going to be like, oh, Lord, ask me that once. And you're going to realize how real it is. 
No, 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 we have to. There's things, yes, in the secret place that are just for you and him. It's just you and him that he goes, oh, don't tell anybody. That's my secret to you, to speak into you. You know what's so cool is he looks at each and one of you and believes and 100% believes that you're his favorite. You are his apple of his eye. And as a, as a parent, you realize it actually can be true. Because my favorite kid is every one of my kids. And, my, and you know what? He is, I've declared today that you stop worrying about your motives when you ask for great things in Jesus because God is a good father and he's not worried about your motives. If my kid comes to me and says, I want to be the prime minister of Canada, after he tells me he wants to be the president, but he's not American, that's okay. Donna can become American. Um, her mom and parents are Americans. But you know what? I don't look at him and say, well, that's dumb. I go, come on. Come on. Believe, and that's what God is speaking. Believe. Don't be ashamed. And I tell you, oh, I just feel this right now. And when you share, if somebody shares to you something great God's put in their heart, please champion them. Please champion them. And see, Jesus can make it happen. Oh, man, this week, I, I, was, this week, I, I put it on Facebook. I woke up, and the first thing I hear is, my God. You know this old kid's song? My God is so big. And then my heart, yeah, but my heart was trying to say the next words, but it wouldn't come out because the Spirit wouldn't let it. And he's singing again, my God is so big. And it was like, oh, my word. It was going over and over, and I was confused. I'm like, Lord, why? The presence here, why can't I sing the next song? He says, he goes, Kevin, do you believe what I'm saying? Or do you believe what you're declaring? And as soon as I did, I would, it changed. And I'm like, oh, my God is so big. You know when the shift, when you believe what you're saying? Not just words, not just in and out, but my God is so big. And then all of a sudden, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. And he spoke, so he is the God of the impossible. He, is the, he changes the equation. So many times we live life and we forget to add Jesus to the equation. When somebody tells us they're going to do something crazy for Jesus, or even just crazy in the sense of believing their business is going to be crazy, they come to you they're like, oh, you know what, God told me I'm going to be a multimillionaire. You've got to stop looking at them in, the, in your eyes and say, wow. With Jesus, that could happen. We have to. We have to start believing in each other's dreams. Oh, Lord, just remind about believe yours first. Because if you can't even believe your own dream, how are you going to believe somebody else's? How can you live just being complacent? Well, I don't have schooling. I don't have that. Who cares? You've got the Holy Spirit. You have an unfair advantage over anybody that's not saved. You can jump in, oh, into the realm of heaven because you are seated in heavenly places. Your actually citizenship is in heaven where everything's already there. So all you have to do is go grab it. Did you know that in heaven there's no time? So you actually can live in the realm of eternity and actually grab something that was not even invented yet and bring it back. Oh, you'll go, Kevin, that's crazy. No, go look in the Bible. You can't actually... Oh, I'm forgetting the verse. You can't, you, I love Bob, Bobby Connor says, you can't exaggerate God because it's, he can do more than you can hope or even imagine. Do you know that? When you're praying and all of a sudden something comes out and you're like, oh, that's not real. That's too crazy. That's heaven. That's heaven saying that's the mark you're supposed to go after. That's where you're supposed to go after. Whew. God, you're so big, so strong and so mighty. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just honor your presence. Oh, thank you that you are here. You've been here. You're, I live here because we're here. You know he loves us. You know this has nothing to do about me. It has to do with you guys because he, he loves his children. No, when you realize that, you don't have to worry about anything. Because when you walk in the room, 
I love what Brent was preaching last week. If you missed it, go listen to it. He was preaching about, hey, we are called to be famous, but famous in God's eyes. And you know what? God will. He loves to put you because you know what? You're the light. He put the light in you. And he says he put a light atop of the hill, shines above, lit up on the hill to like what? Bring hope. Well, we need to be lights. Somebody, you guys, the world has to have see a demonstration of heaven. You're supposed to not live normal. You're not supposed to live at your bank account. Now, there's brilliance, there's smart, there's wisdom. So don't just go do crazy things. But when you get the counsel and you're with, with the Lord, then step out. He'll always, oh, the prayer of my soul, I just, it's, there's a, I feel like there's a grace that's like not just try to step out of the boat right now. It's like just go running. Just go running. It's like dancing across. And it's like where you feel like you can't get. It's like, it's like we don't even need to worry about the Jordan opening up. We can just go right across. Right across. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Now I'm going to try to get into a message that I believe is the Lord gave me a word. He gave me scripture to go after, and he says, now unpack it. I think he wants us to start unpacking a scripture, you guys. Don't just, don't just take, get your revelation from Bill Johnson on Bethel TV. Don't just get your revelation from uh, other preachers. Go unpack the scriptures. Yeah, I know. I'm just, it's just God doing something. I don't know. Keeping us humble. We need to shift our mindsets on how God is. Like, I just laugh because he's like, I said, it just came out as a joke. Oh, he did that to keep me humble. And he's like, I don't do that. I'm not worried about that right now, Kevin. He's like, just be a sign to the world. Be a sign and a wonder. Don't come into agreement with second best. Don't come into agreement with second best. Break off second best. So we're going to jump into 1 Kings 19 here. Oh, Lord, keep me on track with you. With you, Lord. So we're going to jump into here. So we're going to, I only have so much time. So we're going to go jump right into, let's see, verse, that's just who knows. I don't even know anymore. Verse 4. So basically, Elijah, you guys know what happened? Mount Carmel, they had the boom, the fire came down, Jezebel uh, was ticked, they killed a bunch of Baal worshippers and all sorts of stuff, so she's ticked, and so now Elijah's life's in jeopardy, and so what's Elijah doing? Yeah, he's, he actually, it's interesting, he actually, so we'll read this, because I should read the word, then he lay, verse 5, oh no, here, 4, 4, but he himself went a day's journey to the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree, and he, whatever that is, and prayed that he might die. You guys, Elijah, the great prophet of the Lord, he was suicidal right there. Do, do you realize? That's just what it says right there. He prayed that he might die. <laughs> this is kind of funny. I just caught right now. He never does die. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> he wants to hurt Jesus. Must have laughing. <laughs> he wants to die. He doesn't even get to die. Um, sorry, that was just. Um, it's an <laughs> and said it's enough now, Lord. Take my life. I'm no better than my father's. 
Then he lay and slept under a broom tree. It's, oh, and then suddenly an angel touched him and said, rise and eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. Now, I'm going to bring this up somewhere else too, but I really felt when I was praying in, because I really feel a lot of this is just words for 2019, um, exhortation. And, and I really believe in 2019, there's going to be a lot of supernatural stuff happening. That food was sustaining him supernaturally. It came not from his ways. It wasn't come from man's ways. It didn't come from man's hands. It's that God said, oh, you gotta get, I'm going to get you out of this funk, and, and you're actually going to get sustained. And I'm going to give you enough to get there. So he rises and eats. So he rose and drank and ate, and he went to the strength of that for 40 days and 40 nights. You guys, who's eating that they can last 40 days? I know people put 40 days fast, but that's pretty good. Lord, release that, that supernatural grace. Lord God, because it's not just talking about food here, you guys. Strength, ability to go further. When you dream big, you have to be able to go big. And it, it, God's not a lazy God. He doesn't expect us to be lazy either. So he needs to strengthen us. And there's people that are disillusioned. And even as I'm saying this, I can feel it. It's like the tension. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, this, is, this is like a good, excited message to pump us up. No, 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 no. This is what I feel is a now worry. It's time if you want to eat, now or not. The food's sitting there. 40 days. Um, and then he went into the cave and spent the night in the place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? It's always great when God has to ask you where you're going, why you're here, eh? He's asking, why are you here? And I love this. He said, I'm being very zealous, don't you know? For the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. He's pretty down, eh? And then I love this. He says, um, I love this. Can we have this whole teaching I'm right here about how he hears the Lord in a still, small voice? That was funny when I was reading this because he actually just speaks to him in that verse too. Like he speaks to him in verse 10 loud and clear. He's asking questions. So I think there's supposed to be a point. If he's asking twice, maybe we should look at this, right? Now go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold the Lord passed and a great and strong wind tore in the mountains and then broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after that, after the wind, an earthquake, the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire, but after the fire was still a small voice. Oh, yes. You know what I was talking about earlier? Getting that secret place? Yes, you guys, you, we, we host conferences. We love the gathering of the saints, but there's sometimes you just got to go seek the Lord in the stillness. There's a time where the fun, like the wind of the Lord is ripping through. I felt like this morning, the presence of God, when we gather together, and we're literally, you know what's so cool? Because we are a community, we are family, so each of us are actually contributing, which allows us to get, go further than we could go by ourselves as we're here in a corporate setting. I can't totally explain it, but there's, oh, there's a difference between corporate and by yourself. They both have incredible, incredible ability and just amazingness, but there is a difference. But you need both. You were created for both. So it was then, um, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I am being very zealous for the Lord God, because of the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down the, uh, your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I am alone left and seek to take my life. He says the same thing again. 
It's like we don't think God hears us. Then the Lord said to him, go on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, appoint Hazal king over Syria. Also you shall anoint Jehu the son of Nimshai as king over Israel. And Elisha son of Shaphat over Abel, Melah, whatever. You shall anoint a prophet in your place. It shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazel, Jehu will kill. And whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, those knees who have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. It's funny, I was got, you guys know who Ivan Roman is? I got a hold of this because we like to revelate when we're getting ready for messages and stuff. That revelate, just talk, hear each other's opinion. And I said, so really what was going on with Elijah? And he's like, well, he was just depressed, Kevin. And I said, I know, but it's weird because I've been... Over the years, it just started to see Jesus differently and seeing God so good. And I said, I asked him, I wanted to get, this, do you think this is legit theology? And he says, well, it's, it's prophetic. <laughs> Listen, but, but this is the thing. This is how I saw it. What happened? The guy is depressed. He's down. And what does God say to you? You can look at it either way. Hey, you, you're done. You're finished. You're going to pass this on. I just felt God say, hey, actually, I decided to tell him to start looking and pouring into others. Get your eyes off yourself. What did he do? He said, go, go anoint the kinks. Give him, give him a task. Get him, get him set off of looking at what sucks. Look at what you can do for me. And then he goes and says, go find Elisha to anoint him. And, he's, and we know, and I'll get into that, but he's going to serve you. You're going to actually pour into somebody. That changes things. Because you actually look, the next, there's next scriptures. Elijah still does stuff. He didn't finish right there. Later on, he still does stuff. So if he was totally finished, like I, I understand a lot of teachings like that. He was just done, he's depressed, suicidal. But I wonder if something happened. Because you get your eyes off of yourself when you're down, go find somebody else to pour into. Well, I got nothing to give. No, no, God will give you something. Because it's not you anyways. And I love at the end, he just, that's my relationship with the Lord. He just likes to hammer the truth. He's like, oh yeah, by the way, you keep on saying you're the only one. There's 7,000 that I, I love this. Yet I have reserved 7,000. Not you, Elijah. I have 7,000. Stop worrying about it. It's not just you. It's not just about you. As soon as you get it off, you'll find out how much I do love you. Because I, I know that you have something to go give Elijah. I know you have something to go release Jehu. I, got, you got, you, I know you have something. You just don't realize you don't have anything left. He, Elijah, he, what did Elijah say? He says, I don't have anything left. But God says, no, you don't. You've got lots left. So, we jump into... First Kings, oh, just keep on going. 19, verse 19. So he departed from there and he found Elisha, son of Shaphat, who was plowing with 12 oxen, a yoke of oxen before him, and it was, the, was with the 12th. Elijah passed by him, threw his mantle on him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please, let me kiss my father and my mother, and then, let me, and then I'll follow you. And he said, go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him took the yoke of oxen, slaughtered them, boiled the flesh, using the oxen equipped, and gave it to the people, and they ate. Then he arose and followed Elijah, and he became his servant. This is cool, because Elisha gets the mantle thrown on him. His life just changed. We don't know much about before Elisha, but the fact that he knew what was going on, it wasn't just some just event that he had no clue. We don't know for sure, but I just picture Elisha's been going, oh, I wish I could. I want to be, do something for you, God. I want to do something for you. I want to send me somebody to raise me up. You know how much of the generation there's people already going, just give me somebody to help me. Give me somebody to raise me up. Give me somebody to speak into me. And Elijah comes, and, and he, he throws the mantle. 
And I love it. It's like, what have I done? I'm wondering if it's because he was, he was like, oh, my word, I was depressed. Now I have to pour into this guy. I don't feel I have anything left. <laughs> that's just mine right there. I wonder if maybe that's why he said that. What have I done? Now I have responsibility. Now I've got a child of God that I'm looking after. So what does, this is huge. What does Elisha do? He goes back and says, love you, family. I'm about to go on a journey of my life. But you know what he else did? He went and killed his oxen. He killed it. And this is where so, I actually feel this is one of the biggest things that de determines, over the years I've watched with friends and people, that de determines what happens next in your life. Because so many people do not want to kill the oxen. They want to go and find a nice uh, farm and put the oxen there. And then they want to go and go with Elijah. And they want to have fun with Elijah. But they're always in the back of their mind going, if this, Elijah's having a bad day, so I'm not very happy with Elijah today. So I'm thinking that farm looks good again. And I'm walking over there. We, so, we cannot have plan B. God's not a God of plan B. He has one plan. He has one purpose. He doesn't need plan B's, you guys. Plan B's just mess you up. Because you're constantly looking. Don't look behind you. He killed the very thing he could that sustained his life. He had to now say, God, it's all I've got. I got crazy Elijah. What do you say? The bearded man, right? He doesn't say that in the next chapters. He's like the hairy beery guy. He's now he's hanging out. And you know what? I doubt he had much relationship with Elijah before that. But he had to follow what God was saying. Go kill your plan B if you got one. Like with wisdom. Make sure it's actually plan B. Some people go kill plan B, but it's really the plan A. No, seriously. I'll tell you something. I, I don't want to get too much into it because I brought it up a couple of messages ago. Not everyone's plan A is to be the next crusade guy in all around the world. Okay? Just, and not everyone's plan A is to be in a church working. Not, everyone's plan, not that it can't be. I'm just saying that so often... In ministry, that's what we portray. And so then people get down because they went and killed their plan. They think it's plan B, but they killed their plan A. And it's like, what are you doing? You are gifted. Why in the world would you leave that? We all feel that you are called. Don't you see the favor you have in that business realm? Like, you know, honestly, partly I believe the reason why sometimes we don't, we're not, we don't have the finances in the ministry in the ministries, not just ours, but in any ministry, is because a lot of the people, we, we, every time a, a prophet rises up in, in business... We think they need to quit their business and come in to, to travel and teach people the prophetic. We need the crazy prophetic guys to make the billions. Come on. Right? Raise up the businessmen. Like, find your sphere. Don't always just think that the next... You guys, you're the, there's bigger spheres than this. You could be an incredible CEO and have way more influence. You, oh, I'll brag on him because he's actually, we, Lord, we just blessed Bruce Thompson. He's at home right now, but we have broken off cancer off him. We've already agreed to that, so I don't have to go after it too much. But, like, we break that off again, just this, this agreement. But I'll brag on him. That guy works for a company, and he's the head of the whole job site. He sometimes has 400 to 800 people working for him a day. Do you think he has influence? It's more than in this room. Right? What would we say? Oh, no, Bruce, you must have really, you're good at that uh, organizing things, so you should just quit, come here. No, like, like, do you get what I'm saying? I don't want to go too far from that. But we just need to realize that. So, this is, here we go. Pray for me here, because this is where I'm going. Um, whew. Why do I not have the scripture verse here? 
2 Kings 2. Here it is. And it came to pass, 2 Kings 2, 2, sorry. Um, when it came to pass, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, not a chariot, you get it right from the beginning, he tells us what he's going to do. Isn't that cool? He tells us what he's going to do. Then Elijah went into Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elisha said to Elisha, stay here, Elisha. Please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. So, oh well, see this is where I have to get some prayer here. But Elisha says no, he's not going. I got to open up my Bible because I have so many notes in between my notes. Just be honest. I got excited when I was doing this. Man, there's so much just stuff in like the word. I love the word. And it's just, just want to make sure I'm staying on track. Here we go. It came to pass, and the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind. And Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elisha said to Elisha, stay here, please. The Lord has sent me on to Bethel. But, a lo- but a lo- Elisha said, as the Lord lives... And your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. I love this. So I'm going to break down. We're gonna, today we're going to eat a little bit here, okay? So we're going to look at some of the significance, the prophetic significance. The Bible is so full of you guys, of significance. If you read past just a story. So Gilgal, it actually means the place of separation. It's, it was a very important in Israel's history because it was the base where Joshua and Israel used to go in and, in and out of. It was their strategy place. And it was the very place they came to when they entered the promised land. And they set up stones there as a monument. Remember that? So that anyone that looked at them would remember that God is alive and well. So we're going to look at this place as Gilgal as a place in our walk with the Lord. Where we actually choose to separate ourselves from the things of the world. It's also the place where they were coming out of it. When they came out of Egypt, where all of them had to get circumcised. They had to get removed of the flesh. You guys all understand that that's a, some very symbolic of life. We, gotta, we don't have to be weird about it. It's just the symbolic of removing the flesh. It's the, it's the symbolic of, of actually removing Egypt. Many of us need to learn how to get rid of Egypt. You don't want to be in the desert. Who wants to live in the desert? And make sure you don't want to go back to Egypt. So often, you, if you, I challenge you sometimes to remind you to think about that when you're, you're complaining. Am I actually wanting to go back to Egypt? Nah, we don't want Egypt. It's the place of separation. It's the place where, okay, Lord, I have found you. And this is, this is a walk, constantly in our walk. It's okay, you guys. I, I love, I've talked on process a lot in other messages. It's okay to say, where am I right now? It's okay to look and say, you know what? I'm happy, I'm excited, but I want to get further. That's not a bad thing. Don't beat yourself up, but expect and actually put yourself in a place to be real with where you are. And it actually is good to come to a place where you're not satisfied because you want to go further. Because God, if you're somewhere now and it could be the most amazing time of your life, it's even better, you guys. It's even better. Second thing, uh, breaking the lies off of Egypt. That's huge. We live with so many lies. It's a choice. Gilgal is a place of separation where I'm going to break off the old. You have these Israelites that had come out of Egypt. They had to go through a generation of them. And now there's this new generation that actually is now going, oh, we don't actually know the old ways. And they start talking about King God. 
And that's why they got circumcised, to actually remember the promises and remember that he took you out of Egypt. You guys, he's got us all out of Egypt. Then it's sweet. We're going to play. Oh, yeah. So now they're off to Bethel. I already read that. Not Bethel and Reading. Oh, my word. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Let it flow. Lord, let the water come. Come on, baptism. Somebody want to get baptized? No. Bethel's good, though. Lord, let the joy come. If that's what it takes, let the joy come. Honestly, when you guys are laughing, I can just you can feel it. I just love that feeling. I'm not worried. Laughing with me, not at me, Donald Jones, right? So now we got Bethel. What does Bethel represent? Again, it's not Reading, it's Bethel. Well, that's actually why they named it Bethel. It's the place of God. It's the place where you know. Everyone needs in their life to cultivate places that when, when you are in the Elijah place, where you're down, or even just a little bit discouraged, where do you go? Where do you know? You have to have and know of a place that you can go to. And it doesn't even matter if it's in a natural, but even just in prayer. Where can I go? Cultivate a place where you know, oh, I, I don't even have to worry. I could be in the worst place, but I know, I, I know that I know. And you've created something in the spirit that you know that God's always there. You've, you've built that muscle memory. <sighs> no, that's huge. Bethel means house of God. They call it the house of God because he had made, that's where um, Jacob, actually I'm going to read that right here. Then Jacob, okay, then we're going to jump in here. So Genesis 28, 10. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. He took one of the stones of the place and put it on his head and lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending in it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land in which you lie will give to you and your descendants. All your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and the south in you. And your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I'll bring you back to this land. Oh, just as I read that, that's the, you guys receive that right now. When you, you need that place where you can go hear those words. I'll read it again. Behold, and put your name there, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. He'll bring you back to his promises. He'll bring you back to the place, but he is, this, he is if, if he has given you a word, that is as good as gold. I will not leave you until I've done what I've spoken over you. Some of you need to go, go find your journals, go press in and find out what he spoke over you. Because they are true. Whew. Then Jacob woke and said, surely the Lord is in this place. And I didn't even know it. Oh boy, that's a whole one right there. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God and the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone. Well, basically it sets it up place. But you know what's so cool is? is you don't even have to go, like I said, you don't have to go to a, a building. You don't have to go to a location. You can, anywhere you are, that's where God is. And you can, if, as soon as, like I said at the beginning, when you, it's not, I know, we, people get mad, oh, you're asked, come Holy Spirit. Oh, what are you doing? He's already here. Yes, he's already here, but when you actually bring him up, you bring up awareness. 
You're just focusing back at him. It's not, don't get all religious about is he or not. Or is, yes, he's here. If you're a believer, he lives within you. But there's something about just being aware. And you actually, more awareness, it just becomes more, he becomes more irrelevant in the room. He becomes more, it becomes tangible because you actually just noticing. There's people in this room right now. There's a lot of people in the room. I could right now, if I point out somebody, also, okay, let's, I'd point out right now John. Everyone's thinking about John now. Right? There's John. Look, John. Look, John. Everyone's focused on John. That's what we're doing. We're not saying he didn't get here. He, oh, what do you mean? John was already in the room. Yes, he was. Good. Get over it. Sorry. Oh, that argument I used to have all the time with people. Now I don't, I just say, wow. Um, I like that. That was a really good demonstration, actually. Think of Jesus. No, that's right. Oh, man. Okay. We're going to keep going because, like, literally, ask John. My notes are long. We're not, don't worry. I'm going to get through. Jericho. Oh, I have to read that. We didn't get to Jericho yet. Back to 2 Kings. We're having fun, right? So in verse 3, now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, do you not know that the Lord will take your master from you this day, today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. You know what? Oh, I'm going to, hold on a second. I'm going to grab something. My notes out of my, something I got this week. A little message in a message. <laughs> but it's all relevant. Elisha is following Elijah. Let's just forsake, let's call him Elijah, his spiritual father. We brought up a little bit. You guys, this is so important. I'm going to bring up. Elisha is, Elijah's going, he's saying go. He's going, don't need to bother. Honestly, he's probably just being like, dude, don't waste your time. He doesn't see the significance of Elisha needing to come. He's trying to be good, but Elisha's like, I want it all. I've been serving. I've been wanting it. Um. I'm going to get there, but did you know when he asked later on to give me double portion, and, and uh, Elijah goes, do you know what you're asking for? There's a couple of ways you can look at it. One, spiritually, it's kind of hard to give something double that you don't have. You can't give to something you, don't, you have, right? It has to be God, and that's real impartation. The second thing, if you study um, the, what that, that words also mean, just in the natural, is that when you're firstborn in that time, got their inheritance, they always got double. They got double. And so what was going on in that time was everyone wanted what Elijah had. So Elijah was ready to fight for it. He wanted the double portion as the firstborn. But only, and so you have to stand when they had, it didn't, in, in, this, in Scripture you can find it, that even if you had um, an Ishmael or something, they still, it doesn't matter, whoever's first, you can't break that rule. They still get the double inheritance doesn't matter if they're not the, the favorite in the house. It was just the kingdom rule. You have to understand that. But I want to bring up, there is a generation, and I'm talking about every age, because you can be 80 and want spiritual mothers and fathers. You can be 5, 80, 90, 100. But something I was studying, and, and I heard some stuff, and I just felt so, uh, hit me, and it's, it's not always about the quality of the father and mother. It's actually more about the quality of the son and daughter. And I love this, because you know what I could prove this right now? Who says Jesus was the greatest leader, right? The greatest discipler, right? Greatest spiritual father to his disciples. They were all young, right? You agree? What about Judas? So if it's all about the father being the great spiritual father and mother, then how come Judas screwed up? 
Right? That's pretty good, eh? No, like, we, here it is. You have to learn to serve. I believe this is missing in so much situation because I love, like, Brent's a spiritual father to me, um, probably the closest one. I have other spiritual fathers too, but I, I've been blessed that way. But you serve. You actually care. You have real relationship. You're with them in the good times and the bad times. Right? You actually care. I, there's so much in the movement I hear, oh, that's my spiritual father. You guys, if you watch Bill Johnson every day on Bethel TV, he can be uh, a blessing, he can, but he's not really your true spiritual father because he doesn't know you. If you're screwed up, he can't tell you that. No, really. He, can't, you're, he doesn't have any opportunity to speak into your life. Other than it's great, he's bringing wisdom, he's bringing kingdom messages, it's great, but, it, but you watch Elisha and Elijah, there's a difference. You serve, you, 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 you're there for each other, you're building a relationship. And, it's not, and you're not actually, so many people want spiritual mothers, fathers just because of you want what they have, and you basically just want to take them over. I'm going to wreck, I heard this, I wish I made this up, but I'm going to wreck the movie The Lion King right now, Okay? I'm going to wreck it for you forever. I'm going to wreck it. Because we're, I'm breaking off this generation right now, the Lion King generation. You know what it is? Because he runs around singing this, I just can't wait to be king. Do you know what that really says? I just can't wait till my dad dies. I wish I made that up. That's really hit. When I heard it, I'm like, whoa. Motives. Motives. Be hungry. Serve. Do stuff. Um, I love. I love. The, the, we need sons and daughters. We but learn to be a son and a daughter. Even those who are at the, that are mothers and fathers learn to be a son and daughter too. Who are you? Who are you serving? Who are you laying like running with? It, it goes both ways. But it's like learn to be. Once you learn, the best fathers. And mothers are going to be those who learn to be sons and daughters. And don't try to kill the king. No, because that's Absalom, right? Oh, wow. Well, that got heavy. So let's talk about something good. Um, come on. That was good. But, oh, man, I love that. Sorry about the Lion King, guys. But we need that heart of sonship. But we need to stop blaming just mothers and fathers. Well, so, oh, we don't have mothers and fathers. We don't have, then be one, but learn to be a son. Like, don't just call somebody, oh, you guys, so often they're like, oh, my, spirit, my spiritual father or mother is this person. I'm like, oh, I go talk to my herd about what's so-and-so. This is true stories. And like, who? Who are you talking about? They don't even know who you're talking about. Because we have this orphan spirit that we've got to break. And in this house, you know when that breaks? In community. Because we're learning. We're learning community to another levels here at Windward. That's what Life Group's all about. You know what? Right now, I'll tell you, if you're at home being depressed like Elijah, this is a plug right now for Life Groups. Go get into a Life Group. Start, and, and, and don't just show up at Life Group. Ask what can you bring. Be a part of something. Here in this house, there's no excuse to feel that you're alone. And we have amazing Life Group pastors, Will and Linda, and they are positioning it so that there's room for every person. To be a part of community if they want to be. Right? Jericho. 
Elisha said to him, Elisha, stay here. Please, the Lord, set me on to Jericho. Lord, as the Lord lives and our soul lives, I will not leave until that they came to Jericho. Again, it's called persistence. You want something, keep going after it. It's the walk by faith. It's not the righteousness. It's not being right. It's not even but your own strength. What happens in Jericho, guys? I'm going to do this quick. Jericho, you've got the walls. They get to the promised land. And now it's their first battle. They're going to have to trust God. But guess what happens? They don't do the battle. They get with Jesus we, in, our, in the new covenant. They, get, they, they love and worship God. Right? Do you get that? I don't want to get to take a whole message trying to get through the Jericho here. But they literally, actually I have to share this. So, Joshua 5.13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that they lifted his eyes up and looked. Behold, a man stood opposite him and a sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, are, are you for us or for an adversary? So he said, no. But as a commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said, what does the Lord say to his servant? You know what's cool about this? He says no. Because he's not saying he's not for Joshua. He's saying, I'm here to do it. Are you with me? He wasn't asking. He was, see, so often we ask the wrong questions. It's more like he should have been saying, what do you want to do? And if you watch what he says, he actually does it. The Lord says, I'm going to do it. He just tells him, if you, now you just have to step into the right position, follow my command, and I'll look after the walls. I'll look after it all. Oh, yeah. I got I to gotta jump something here because I want to make sure we get this. So, this, this is, to, uh, I feel like a, a prophetic word for 2019. We're going to jump to Deuteronomy 31 just quickly. You jump to 31, verse 6. I have right here. Be, I love this. So what's happening is that they're telling Moses, saying, I'm not going to the promised land with you. There's a whole story for that. Moses isn't going. So what Moses does is he declares some stuff over the, the Israelites, and then he declares something over Joshua. you got to hear this. He says this. Be strong and of good courage. This is over Joshua. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses called Joshua and said to him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with the people to the land and the Joshua sworn to their fathers. And the Lord, is, he is the one who goes before you and he will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you nor fear you nor be, nor be dismayed. Okay, do you realize that's just what Moses, let's call the prophet Moses, the man of God Moses, that's the word he gave Joshua. I need you to see that very clearly, right? Then we jump to Joshua 1, verse 5, verse 9. You guys all know this, but here the significance is. It says, no man shall be able to stand before you. This is the angel of the Lord speaking. All the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance of the land, which I swore to your fathers to give you. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may be observed to according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it from the right or left. As you prosper wherever you go, the book of the law shall not depart from you, your mouth, but you shall meditate day and night, that you may observe to the according to all that is written, for then you will make you your way prosperous, then you will have a success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to declare over you 
what's going to happen, I feel, in 2019 for, the, for many people is that in Deuteronomy 31, the word of the Lord came through a man. It can come in many ways. You get it in your secret place. You get it through whatever. You have promises. I believe in 2019 that God is going to demonstrate his prophetic, he's going to demonstrate the truth and remind us of our words. He's going to remind us of what we called us to. He's going to declare over us and remind us of our identity, but in supernatural ways. He's going to say, didn't you read? He's going to say, because you know what's happening there? Is that Joshua's there. He's probably scared if God has to tell him this. And he's going, an angel's now telling him, be strong and courageous. And you know what's going on in his mind? He's like, that's what Moses told me. So if God's telling me right now, he just is, he's confirming the word of the Lord. You know what strength you have? Because all of a sudden he goes, wait a minute. That means everything Moses told me, everything Moses poured into me is real. I can actually do this. And the strength is going to come over you guys to do things. And he's saying, be strong and courageous. He's bringing you into the land of the promised land. Because you know the promised land? We're going to have to, I believe in 2019, we're going to learn to live in the promised land. We, we all have a lot of teaching on how to get to the promised land, but we don't have a lot of teaching how to be in the promised land. Because it's a mindset shift. It's all of a sudden, it's there. And it's not a place of laziness. It's a place of dominion. It's a place to be the ambassador. It's a place to bring heaven to earth. Whew! Thank you, Jesus. Well, the next verse says, I'm in Deuteronomy. That won't work very well. So he's in Jericho. And the sons of the prophets were there where he did that. Then Elijah, verse 6, then he said to him, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives, as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on, and the 50 men of sons of prophets went and stood before him in the distance. And while the two of them stood by Jordan, now Elijah took the mantle, rolled it up, struck the water, and it was divided this way and that way. So the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so, so you have to realize, this hadn't happened for 450 years, the last time the Jordan moved. God is bringing us into supernatural stuff here. This is a place to say, I'm all in. This is a place to say, I have to believe, and I'm walking in God's supernatural ways. This is the way of just, oh, man. It's a place of leaving the old and going into the new. Yeah, new patterns. Brent had a really strong word about new patterns. It, that is a simple, I love that, because thank you for bringing that up. Because that, that, like when Brent was getting that, it's, just, it's such a simple understanding. If you want something to change, you've got to change your pattern. If you're always going at the end of the week going, shoot, I knew I wanted more, but I just kept on watching TV every night. Well, then maybe it's time to phone your cable up and just say, leave it off for a month. Just try it. Well, that's religious, Kevin. I'm just saying, like, it's just, it, there's lots of other things you can do. Some of you could just turn the TV off. Like, there's different strategies. It doesn't need to look the same for others. And if you get all, uh, this is something, you guys, and you get all excited and you're like, I shut the TV off. Don't run around and tell everybody you shut the TV off. Because that may not be their, their, their situation. It could be totally different. For some people, it might just not be going to Starbucks as much. Whoa, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. There goes stocks and Starbucks. That. Oh, yes. Oh. So then we go. You have to, this is, crossing Jordan is amazing, you guys. Because it is God making way. It's you're walking on dry land. You're going and he's making, there's nothing, you, you can't make the waters move. 
You guys realize you can't, but God can. What was the back before? Add Jesus to the equation. When you add Jesus to the equation, it all works. Um, verse 9, and it was when they had crossed over the, that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what you may for you before taken away from you. Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked, and suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, and separated the two of them. And Elisha went up by a whirlwind into heaven, and Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more, and he took a hold of his clothes, and he tore them into pieces. Does that sound like a guy that's going, kill the king? No. He's going, ah! I relied on that guy, and I'm believing I just got something. And now I have to be strong and courageous. And Elijah can tell you that. I don't think he was being all sad either. I think he was having a good time. I'm ready to go. Wouldn't that be cool? Why not, man? Let's be an Enoch. Let's be an Elijah. Okay. Force the fire. And Elijah saw it and cried out. Okay, we did that. He also told, took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. I love this. Then they took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen with him and struck the water. And where, and said, where is the God of Elijah? And when he also struck the water, it was divided the same way that it was with, and Elisha crossed over. And I believe in that crossing, it, became, it turned from the God of Elijah into the God of Elisha. Because he realized that God wasn't playing favorites. He realized that it's not just for another man. You know, God is using and raising up signposts all over the place in different ways in the giftings and spiritual. But those are signposts saying you can do it too. Any person that really has the heart of God and is functioning at anything high level of whatever you, whatever you want to call it, high level or crazy things, if they really are in a place with the Lord, they are hungry for other people to experience it too. They're not going, ha, let's just use this and make my world bigger. They want to share it. They want people to experience it because they've experienced a part of God that they're like, wow, and I want God. It's all for you guys. Okay. Mm. If you want to, yeah. Took um, the mantle that had fallen from, struck the water, and he also struck the water, it was divided. The same way it was, Elisha crossed over. And now the sons of the prophet who were there from Jericho saw him and said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. They said to him, Look now, there are 50 strong men with your servants. Please let them go and search for your master. Let's perhaps the spirit of the Lord has taken him and cast him upon some mountain or in some valley. Isn't this funny? They're like, no, 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 no. You, you, it can't be you. It, we just saw it demonstrated, but this can't be good because we need Elijah because we, don't, we don't want change. Don't be part of the 50 because Elisha saw it. And those 50 didn't get to see it. Why? They could have been chasing it too. They should have been right there with Elisha. Don't miss out on the day of visitation. Whoa. Um, then he said, look now, uh, 50 strong men, search for your master, lest perhaps the Spirit of the Lord has taken up a mountain, cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. But when they urged him till there was a shame, he said, send them. There were 50 men and they searched for three days. Anyways, they didn't find him. But my word for you guys, it's interesting. If you look in the New Testament, loves to... Uh, 
God's the same in the new covenant, same in the old covenant. He's the same God. And if you read out of Philippians 3, basically the, 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 all that story is 3 verse 6 and the passion says, and concerning the righteousness of the Torah, no one has surpassed me. I was with them without a peer. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of truth, I persecute the Messian, Messianic believers with religious zeal. Yet all the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I am now forsaken them and regarded all nothing compared to the light of experience Jesus is my Lord. That's that separation. Bethel, and that's verse 8, to you to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all his greatness. Then you got faith that's in, in verse 9, my passion to be consumed with him is, and not clinging to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My righteousness will be his based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the, the very righteousness that comes from God. And I love it. In Jordan is the death and resurrection. In verse 10, it says, I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more and fully to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I'll be one with him in his sufferings and I'll be one with him in his death. So it's going to be a great year. It's another year. And I believe this is a for any year. We need to declare it's the year of Jesus. It's a year of focusing on him. It's a year going, I'm going in again. I'm not looking behind. I'm looking forward. But I felt there was a switch, and I saw in the room. I, I saw as we looked at Jesus, and then I saw this mirror. And he said, you know, it's, it's changing. We look in the mirror. Don't be expecting to see the enemy behind you. Expect to see the kingdom of heaven behind you. Don't worry. It's not about the enemy chasing you. It's actually that the heaven's behind you, ready to go. Give him an opportunity. We're just going to let Chakra just sing over you guys. Just as we enter this new year. If you want to come to the front, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine too. Just, uh, come into a place and say, Lord, I want it all. I want to get wrecked again. I want to get to a place where I just am hungry for more. But as I said today, it's, it, when you dream, it's not just, when you're with him, things come alive. When, he's, when I say you add Jesus to the equation, it's not just adding Jesus to fix problems. Even in good things, when you add Jesus, it just gets better. Just the simple things. Invite Jesus with your, when you're playing with your kids. Invite Jesus when you're with your friends. Invite Jesus just when you're, when you're going for a bike ride. Invite Jesus when you're at the gym. Invite Jesus when you're eating lunch in your workplace. Just invite Jesus. So thank you, Lord. Lord, just do a work. Lord, I thank you that you're releasing the grace. And again, I declare that in 2019, you're going to demonstrate supernatural.